Last time on Bird's Funk. I have a character called Veltari, who is a tiefling bard. Uh, chaotic evil alignment, which is always fun. <laughs> but you know that Count Danto is in hiding and currently trying to engineer uh, a takeover of another town so that he can kind of bring himself back into power. He is like subverting and corrupting other organizations to bring this about, including the Order of the Merciful Sword, which was the order that Roland Hawklight used to belong to. Miss Alice! Miss Alice! These grounds are off-limits. Any attempt to trespass again will be met with lethal force. I can see about talking to Bumbleshoot. I'll send him over as soon as I find him. I mean, there are a number of ways to communicate with ghosts, but if Tarsus is full of them, and the theft was committed there, there's almost certainly a ghost who witnessed it. Well, I think I'm going to uh, ask Sylvia to help us with the ghost issue, because while I do have Gany missions... I want to do them on my terms. Have you killed Bumbershoot? I have no intention of keeping him any longer than he deserves, but he deserves to be here forever. Bumbershoot's already gone. I'm now stuck in the city where it always rains. I look forward to speaking to you again. I actually have something I want to discuss with you, but perhaps reflect on the company you choose to keep, Brother Hawklight? Rolling that mirror was he- heckin' magical. Like, hella magical. Like, it was disconcertingly magical. What is your spirit animal? I like the sound of the manticore. I'm thinking the griffin for uh, Roland. What was the dearest wings called? Periton? I feel like it's only because I just got super corrosive hands, but I, I-, I feel a slight inclination towards the rust monster because of that. Yes! Patronus from Harry Potter, <gasps> Persona from Persona, Stands from JoJo's Did Bizarre we just Adventure. Get fucking stands! <laughs> Agree to owe me a favor, and I'll tell you what happened. Okay, I'll owe you a favor. Oh my god! Do you know someone in town who has a giant dog and a giant cat? Whoever that is, their giant dog can teleport. The dog took the the sheath, or at least had the sheath. It teleported inside, teleported back out. Now it's got a sheath. Oh yeah, I know Starbuck. He's a, a dire blink dog. Roland makes a terrible pun. What do you do to him? Cast Windwall, which basically is the same thing I used against the skeletons. I'm just gonna like try to blast him back with it. Zoe Legrand gains a level. Someday I will be fancy. Someday. One day I will understand what those words that you said meant. <laughs> um, so do you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons this week, or? <sighs> I guess. If we must. Do- don't we just want to do a Justice 2 instead? Why even you ask? Or go back to sleep. I feel like we all get very different things from this show. Like some of us are in it to win. Some of it, some of us are in it to tell a cool story. And some of us are just here to flirt with imaginary girls. Ah. <laughs> uh... 
Who is that directed at? <laughs> I think you know damn well. <laughs> See, I, I don't care what I was here for before. Now I'm here every week because stands are really fucking cool. <laughs> oh my god. I actively have come up with stand names for everybody now. I'm afraid yet excited for this. This is the most passionate I think I'm ever going to be about something in my life. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to mute my microphone. You guys talk about your stands for like 10 minutes because there's a lot to go through. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening who don't know what JoJo's Adventure is, I'm, I feel sorry for you. But just to explain it, the stands are usually named after bands or sometimes songs of bands. So I figure for Roland, a good option would be like Godsmack. <laughs> but then I was like, no, hold on. What about Creed? Mm. Short, simple, and to the point. But then I realized, no, there's a much better option out there. From the classic band Foreigner, your stand, sketch, Dirty White Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a say in that one, by the way. It's just, it's decided for you, I think. Even if I had a say, I'm not going to have a say when this gets out. So True. That, that's, just, that's just how it's going to be. Dora, I was thinking, uh, you know, something a little bit out there. So at first I thought Wall of Voodoo, but then I was like, nobody remembers them. So then I was like, ooh, okay, Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, no, they're not dark enough. So instead, I had it. Welcome to the Black Parade. 13-year-old Lauren has never been more excited for anything. I have never been more jealous about anything. That is a good name. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see what Chris has cocked up for you. So I, I, am, I am ready for this. Okay. So at first, I really just wanted to give you uh, your character names of like various like alt-rock bands from the early 2000s, like Finger Eleven and Breaking Benjamin, <laughs> just on the concept that no one really remembers them, so the names themselves are funny. But I was like, no, we can go better than that. So at first I thought, like, Rage Against the Machine. Mm, yeah. And I was like, it's a little too hard, though. I think we can go somewhere better. And I, I went back to the Foreigner well again. I was like, Jukebox Hero? Eh, maybe. But then a song came on recently. And I was like, this song's name is perfect for a stand. And this is not derogatory. This is just that awesome of a name. I feel your character stand, Cold Hard Bitch. I am oh my God. very okay with that. That is an awesome stand name. Cold Hard Bitch the Manticore. Yes, please. <laughs> I swear in my life, I thought you were going to say Hoobastank. <laughs> <laughs> I almost gave you Chumbawamba. I, I'm, I think I'm happy that we settled where we did. <laughs> That's all my contribution for this episode. But what, but what is your stand's name? Fat Boy Slim. I, I mentioned it last week. I called Fat Boy Slim. If it's not that, it's going to be Susu Studio. Oh my god. It's, it's pretty good there. I have, to, I have to give my vote of approval for Susu Studio. Sketch, if you're trying to make me ashamed of having something else that's like... Like adding Phil Collins on top of being a Super Saiyan with a stand. This this thing is like a Golden Girls reference away from being just pure fan fiction for me at this point. This is not shaming. I know you're Phil Collins, okay? Your affiliation with that. So I'm just enabling it from my standpoint. Affiliation. I appreciate that. I'll see myself right now. <laughs> All right. So you guys want to actually discuss the like mechanical uh, implications of your spirit animals? Um, I, I was hesitant to call them that because there are 
live practiced religions that have that as an element, but we also have angels in here. So yeah. I guess we're just going to offend everybody. So yeah, like uh, as we alluded to, there is like fictional precursors to these things, including ones where they do kind of represent you more personality wise. And I think that lined up like eerily well, because I just pulled some cool monsters out as examples and you guys all picked one and they all actually really fit with your personalities. So I guess a explain how you think it best represents you uh, like B, what does it do? And like, see any other cool facts. Cause I know you guys were all brainstorming them over the week. Okay. So, uh, the, the stand that I picked or creature was the rust monster. I, it kind of fit Zoe in the notion that rust monsters sort of not unconsciously, but regardless of whether or not you're intending to do it, anytime you touch them with something metal, uh, it just corrodes it until destruction, essentially. So there's sort of a double-edged sword to it, but it is also a neutral cre- creature. It's not an evil one. It's not doing this at a malice to like hunt down all the swords of heroes in the world or something like that. It's just what it does is it defends and can't control it. So I kind of fit with uh, Zoe and her uncontrolled wild magic. So the ability I took uh, is that it can uh, not just corrode things by touching them, but it also has antenna that it can use to kind of corrode them from a small distance away, but also innately because they sort of feed on metal. Uh, rust monsters can smell metal and basically track it from 30 feet away yeah nice that that sounds like a nice applicable thing to have for your character hurrah you want to go next laura i'll I'll go next because uh no one else is going so i'll go next um for veltari uh having a manticore felt applicable because manticores are basically um they're very spiny very standoffish uh quite aggressive creatures um the parts that I've sort of taken from the Manticore to bring into gameplay and, you know, role-playing stuff is mainly the spikes. The spikes are the big thing that I liked about the Manticore. We're going with an ability from the Manticore that's basically going to stand in for Hellish Rebuke, which is a ability that I have as a tiefling, but that takes a spell slot to use, which now I can just do it all the time without a spell slot and it's like hey you try and attack me you're gonna have to do a saving throw where you may get you may get damaged by spikes i can also just have spikes come up on me now because i quite like the idea of like voltari as a slightly standoffish character being able to just be like nope no touching me right now there are spikes in the way the other thing that i think we went for taking from the manticore was they are typically known to try and intimidate foes into basically like hey i won't kill you if there's something in it for me and the way that we took that and tried to put that into a character ability for veltari was to once per short rest give her the ability to have intimidation uh, have advantage on an intimidation check so yeah that is that is me and my cool new manticore powers to go over the griffin and how it pertains to Roland, there's a couple of mythological relevance things that kind of tie it well with him. Uh, one is because he is sort of multifaceted when it comes to his beliefs. He believes not in a single deity as sort of the, the king of one domain, but multiple of multiple domains. And griffins were originally associated as being kings of multiple sets of creatures by being both uh, an eagle and a lion uh, combination. In addition to that, the combination of eagle and lion was meant to denote 
the combination of intelligence and strength in one, which is a little bit more on the nose for Roland, but it works fairly well in that respect. Um, in terms of D&D mythology, it's a little bit harder to actually make that connection. But in terms of features that the Griffin imparts onto Roland, it's going to be twofold. One, as a passive thing, uh, Roland can just cast the... Basically can effectively cast the spell Gust at will as a, as the cantrip depicted by uh, ethereal wings forming behind him and then moving the air around it to induce the effect. And then as a, as a once per long rest event, he can, as a bonus action, invoke the griffin into himself to the point where he sprouts wings and is able to have a fly speed of 30 feet for one minute, after which the wings will fade off and, well, he lands on the ground afterwards. Also, as an additional sort of minor thing, if he is attacking with an unarmed hand at will, he basically evokes the claws or the talons of the griffin as a claw attack, doing basically the same damage as a longsword, but just as sort of an extra bit of flavor that plays more into, from my standpoint, the sort of the persona angle here, unless so the stand angle. So I chose the Periton. His name is Perry Mason. <laughs> slash Welcome to the Black Parade. Uh, they're like half eagle, half stag, all spooky all the time. Uh, so they're like scary deer eagles that eat hearts. And I was like looking them up and in some mythology, they can, it like their shadow would shapeshift depending upon the last heart they ate. So what I chose for Perry Mason is that uh, he can shapeshift his shadow so I can use it to like trick people. Um, and he can also like detect heartbeats within like nearby range. So I don't know if anyone's sneaking. And like D&D, like the, the 5e paratons are like just big birds with scary deer faces. Uh, but I like hooves. So he's got hooves. And also talons. Like hooves in the front, talons in the back. <laughs> the mullet. Like a mullet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the most mythological of mullets. So that's Perry Mason. All right. So that was a good way to spend the first quarter of the show. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. So where you were when we last left the adventure after acquiring uh, your new abilities and bonding with these ghosts, you all set off to uh, go speak to Ishmael Blood Mountain and his pets, where you believe the salamander sheath most likely is. Um, and as you go in that direction, um, you are walking into the most severe part of the growing thunderstorm. Um, like you guys were more on the outskirts of it and it was like light, it was like lightly raining and there was, there was flashes of thunder, but like now you're in it, like it's pouring now. Um, and we've discussed before about how this just keeps getting like worse and more violent and, uh, Roland called for an umbrella and like there was, there was that whole conversation. So like, be aware that you guys are getting like in it now. Dora's feeling her oats. She's having a good time. (laughs) I believe uh, Zoe last time had gotten a coat from Alice, so I think she's just trying to bundle up with that and is kind of giving giving the cloud a, a weary look since she knows that she's ultimately the reason for its existence. She hopes it doesn't, that, like, this is the worst it's going to get and then pass. I'm still hunkering under the umbrella that Roland gave me last time, and 
just trying my best to stay out of the out of the rain, just trying to sort of squeeze myself in as tight in as I can under it. Roland's just standing in the rain, not really caring either way. He can't get sick from it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Paladins are very cool. Veltari's just interested in this 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 group just helped me basically get a stand. I'm gonna have to stick around with them until I can go back to Bumba Shoots, so you know. Let, let's go. Let's do this. Let's let's go on our adventure. All right. So as you guys trudge across these fields, which are rapidly getting uh, muddy and bad for the first time, probably since any of you have been here, you guys uh, see off in the distance uh, some giants who are attempting to seek shelter. Uh, there isn't much in the way of shelter here. Uh, they've never thought to erect any kind of fortifications. They've never needed them. And uh, you can't see Ishmael right away, but you do see one of the giants come barreling over to you as you approach and uh it is a female fire giant and she looks very angry and she basically roars at you did you all do this what (laughs) small ones you have magic right we do a little bit what happened what do you mean what happened look what you did are you talking about the sky this uh the giant is visibly very frustrated with you in particular now, Dora. Okay. <laughs> I turned up in town like twenty minutes ago. Whatever's going on, it's this lot that did it. I didn't I didn't I I didn't do it. We didn't uh skies do wet sometimes. Bye <laughs> <laughs> Is Dora literally just gonna run away? Uh no, she's gonna hide behind Roland. Okay, fix the sky, insects, or I'll smash you. If we knew of a way to fix the sky, we would have done so already. Don't look at me. That one there seemingly can't control her magic. <laughs> I think she's the- no. Am I am I right that Shush. am I am I right that you're you're the one to blame here? Am am I right about this? I like things always kind of just like head towards the ground, like again, like, like kind of like scolded child kind of look, and uh. Just kind of sheepishly look up and just be like, sorry. Roland, Roland just has his arms crossed and just sort of looking up the giant without really breaking. No, I just have this mental image of Theodora hides behind Roland. Zoe hides behind Roland. Trinity hides behind Roland. <laughs> he's like he's like a, a telephone pole in a Looney Tunes cartoon. For some reason, everything could just hide behind it, no matter how large it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when a friend floats over, he hides behind Roland. Um, so if you guys narc on Zoe, uh, the fi- the fire giant like leans down and uh, like tries to scoop her up. Roland tries to place himself between the fire giant and Zoe and tries to stand his ground saying, if there was a way we could fix this, we would have done so already. Unfortunately, we don't have any answers about that for right now. How far would you say we are away from the other giants? I mean, you could see some of them in like the background of this scene, but none that you know. Okay, they're not they're not close. No. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say I could message Ishmael, but if he's not like right there. Yeah, you don't know where he is right now. I guess persuasion rolling to try to tell this fire giant that you you can't be of any use. All right, let's let's try this 10 on my persuasion roll. That's as average as possible. (laughs) She says, maybe you just can't reach it because you're so small. (laughs) I can lift you up. Would that help? 
I don't think that's how rain works. Ma'am, I don't know what your name is. What's your name? Lyra. L-Y-R-A. I'm sorry for the moist. Uh, we can't control it. Uh, could I appease you with some crabs? <laughs> you have to be out of crabs by now. I make, I breed them. There's so many crabs. Have you thought about how you're, the supply and demand of this? I think you're gonna crash the crab market. Everyone always need crabs. No, no one is ever has enough crabs. All crabs all the time. I guess that's fair. Um, uh, foof, uh, persuasion. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. Now I have that stuck in my head. You're welcome. I rolled a 14, which could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, she says, your crabs aren't very filling. I have to eat like a million of them. Oh. They're good, but it's like Chinese food, which is a thing that I know exists. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe's going to walk up and uh, is actually going to start speaking to her in giant. Nice. And uh, basically just say, uh, Lyra, I'm I'm really sorry that this is happening is the rain hurting you or is there anything I could do to help beyond stopping it? Cause I, I don't know how to. It's not hurting. It just sucks. It's terrible. We came here to get away from all of the bad stuff about the outside. And now you there's ghosts in the sky and it's raining. It's just bad. Everything's muddy. It's like hard to stand up. Is there anything I could do to help you out right now? If you can't fix the sky, then you can go f- figure out how to fix the sky. I'll do everything I can. At this point, I want to try casting Hypnotic Pattern. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. <laughs> so Hypnotic Pattern, I, I create a big swirling cube of colorful lights that's like 30 foot big just floating around in front of in front of this giant, and I believe the giant has to do a wisdom saving throw to avoid getting charmed. So my favorite thing about this is that it hits everybody, not just it's <laughs> not just the uh, target. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Is the effect charm? Yes. Then nobody that's my ally has to worry about this anyway. Oh, yeah. okay. So everyone, she creates this giant swirling pattern of hypnotizing magic, and everyone looks at it. And then I guess just Roland's aura of holy helping just snaps them out of it. Anyone that is within that is an ally within Roland's aura of devotion, um, which is basically within ten feet of him, cannot be charmed just as an effect line. <laughs> Aha! That worked out much better than I expected. <laughs> I mean, it would have been very funny for you all to get hypnotized, but yeah, I do like the the idea that you all like look up at it, and then Roland just like snaps his fingers, and everyone snaps out of it. And let's see if the if Lyra the fire giant does, here comes the saving throw. 13. That is not enough. Nope. All right. So I guess, Jesus, she gets like cartoon swirly eyes and she's charmed. <laughs> okay. we On we go, team. On we go. Oh, so you just leave her there? Yeah, I just want to walk past. Charm's been done. I'm going to be like, hey, do you know where Ishmael is? I think she probably just turns and points o- over a hill. Okay, thanks, bye! <laughs> she just, like, waves. <laughs> yeah, cheers, thanks a lot! <laughs> okay, I'm sure that won't come back to bite anyone later. No, well, we've got an entire minute that she's going to be hypnotized for, so... <laughs> Everybody book it! <laughs> as long as we move fast, we're good. 
I feel like we had started to dissolve things and when we just escalated them so hard. I just have no 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 patience for this. You might have been getting there, but it's like, nope, nope, we've got a minute off I made a decision, on we go, team. Alright, so you guys run through the muddy fields in between the fleeing giants who are trying to figure out what they're gonna do about the fact that they they're slip sliding around like this is an ice rink because it's just a muddy field. Mm-hmm. And you're weaving in between them trying to get away before Lyra comes back to her senses. This is a very good <laughs> mental image I have. And as you guys crest the hill where she pointed that Ishmael is supposed to be near, uh, you guys actually see that the other side of this hill has been hollowed out a little bit. Like It looks like Ishmael may have just dug into the side with his hands to kind of um, hollow out an area where he and Pip and Starbuck could kind of escape from the rain. Kind of like where the uh, hobbits... Hang out from under the um the overhang when the the Nazgul go by. I was waiting to see if I had to take away your nerd card though. If you couldn't remember the Nazgul's name, oh man, that would have been disastrous for someone who does a D and D podcast. <laughs> Everyone knows about the Nazgul. <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking it away, Austin. Now get back to your manticores and <laughs> fire giants. Yeah, let me spin this web of uh high fantasy. Anyway, what are dwarves? Um. So you guys see in this hollow, uh, it looks like Ishmael Blood Mountain, the stone giant, is uh, sleeping. Um, He's just kind of uh, had a hard day's dig, and he's just kind of chilling in this hollow. And curled up like little croissants, or giant croissants, really, are the giant cat and giant dog, who are all like nestled together in this little cuddle pile inside the hill. Ishmael! (laughs) Hey! Thunder claps very loudly. Can you send a message to somebody who's sleeping? That is a phenomenal question. I want to wake him up with magic. Okay, so you can send a message to wake up Ishmael Blood Mountain, but you have to mind shout. <laughs> it's going to startle him. Okay. You're you're okay with that? Ishmael, don't be startled. I gotta wake you up. He <laughs> <laughs> cut right through the Gordian knot there, Lauren. <laughs> um he he awakens with a little start and like kicks a bunch of dirt around and stuff but he doesn't you know damage any of you the storm is howling overhead as you guys uh behold a, a waking giant good morning i'm sorry to startle you ah uh, hey hey dudes hey did i bring crabs <laughs> you, you can't possibly <laughs> hold any more crabs that's true. How can I hold all these crabs? What's uh what's up, guys? You've got a giant dog, right? Uh yeah, the do- giant dog sniffs you. Yeah, your dog took a big old magical sheath and we kind of need that back. So, where'd your dog put the sheath? Yeah, your pupper did some crime. I don't know what you guys are talking about, man. Hey, hey, I astral projected through a manticore and I saw your dog do it, so where's the sheath? The dog might likely buried it somewhere before it came back to Ishmael, which means it's somewhere out there in the mud. Oh, heck. Is there a place where he commonly goes to bury anything? Uh, like five steps from the... He's like trying to like give you like giant's directions, which is absolutely useless to people of your size and and you you definitely didn't see him with this in his mouth at any point no dude he does what he wants he's he's a very good doggo Um, 
Could I use detect magic vision to, like, would I see the sheath? With, like, would it be all glowy and shit? Right now or just in general? In general. Like, if it was buried, would I still see it? It depends on the depth. Detect magic works through, I think, a couple feet mm-hmm. of stuff. Okay. You might just want to slap those goggles on and just sort of go along with and see. I was about to say, let's let's go along the path and I'll just uh, magic vision it. Now, is it assumed that we, since we've bonded with our stands, that we are cognitively aware that they've granted us powers? So the way it works is basically you guys are soul buddies. You you share uh, like sensation and memory and feelings like on an instinctual primal level. So I, I think on some level you do feel the same instincts if you want to tap into them. Okay. So I would know then that I have that ability to detect metal up to a certain uh, like length or range. Yeah, I think you would def- you would know unconsciously, and I think it would be c- like the the scene is like you guys are walking through this muddy field, and like giants are running around, and you try not to get stepped on, and maybe you just smell metal. Like that's strange. You don't you don't like consciously think on it like oh I my soul is part ru- rust monster. You just like smell metal, and you're like huh. So I think then Zoe could then, uh, even if she isn't able to state it out loud because she doesn't understand all the logic behind it, she thinks that she could also help in trying to uh, pick out where the sheath might be by using this ability to smell metal and essentially like detecting it, anything that would be down beneath them. That would kind of come off as strange. Yeah, so, I mean, Theodora can use detect magic, and she's like looking around looking for like the glow of magic and she doesn't see it. I just checked tech magic works through three foot of dirt, which might be a normal depth for a regular size dog to bury something, but not a dire blink dog of this size. So you actually don't find anything Theodora out in this muddy field, but I think it is not 30 feet down, which is the length rust's monsters can smell metal from. So Zoe actually does get the scent and you want to roll survival to track this sword sheath by scent. Oh, my. All right. A chef kiss of a sentence I'm very excited about. (laughs) You just, like, start sniffing. You're like, I got this, guys. (laughs) I got a 10. So 10 is average, which means uh, average for a rust monster, (laughs) not for a half elf, (laughs) which is a much longer, more drawn out scene. You think you know the general area. There's just like a, a, a patch of like muddy ground that looks like uh, people were sitting here. There's like a, a campfire that's out now. Maybe they were cooking over it or something. Mm-hmm. And in the surrounding area, you smell metal. And you're pretty confident about that. Guys, I think it might be down here. Uh, I guess you better get to digging then. <laughs> what? <sighs> this, is, this is your quest, not mine. Uh, I, mean, I have such small hands. <laughs> oh. You just have to dig fast, then. <laughs> Roland goes over to Trinity and fetches a, a, a shovel from the standard, you know, military supplies that he would have on Trinity at any given time. All right, everybody make dexterity saving throws. Oh, heck. Oh. Uh, remember, plus four to saving throws, because, you know. Oh, nice. Paladin. <laughs> 18. 14. 21. Damn. 26. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what I should have plus there, is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is... <laughs> Let me try that again. 
That's that's dexterity that you're essentially an honorary ninja. <laughs> I don't think you're just an honorary ninja. I think you're like the, the, the patron deity of ninjas at that point. So that's 20, not 21. <laughs> All right. So actually, uh, Roland, can you give me another roll? Because disadvantage for reasons which will become clear very soon. 16. All right. So 16, 20, 21, 14. And then here's one for Sylvia Bell, Shadar Kai Witch. No! Who also rolled with disadvantage. Uh, that's a one. Oh, no. You pull out this shovel, Roland, and there is a enormous peal of thunder mm-hmm. and a huge lightning bolt, which hits <laughs> Sylvia like a freight train, and she goes flying. Sylvia! I'm gonna go after her. She takes 36 damage. Oh! No! And rolls smoking into the grass. Uh, she is, uh, I remind everybody, covered in metal piercings. And the reason uh, Roland also rolled a disadvantage is because he's wearing big, heavy metal armor and he's carrying now a shovel. I just rolled medicine. Uh, 17. So you run over to Sylvia and she has like a, uh, have you ever seen a scar from a lightning strike? No. It's like a spider web, like right across her shoulder and like neck. So she got blasted very badly and she appears to be like on the edge of consciousness. And she has a scary mark on her now. Roland's going to, of course, uh, drop the shovel temporarily. And uh, he's going to run over to Sylvia, uh, kneel down by her, and cast... First thing he's going to do, he's going to do lay on hands on her. And he'll, let's say, let's say 15 hit points on her just right off the bat. All right, so you put your paladin hands on her and magic flows into her. And she is not uh, in any mortal danger anymore. So she still has the scar, and she looks like she's in pain. But you're not. You're not going to lose her. Does she? Does she appear like she's under like a, a condition, like she's deafened or otherwise kind of impaired, like that because of the lightning strike? Uh, she has like exhaustion in D and D terms. She's like right. Not she's not a fighter, and she just got wrecked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- th- basically, yeah. This is this is basically more of a matter of like, okay, do I need to use lesser restoration on her to? aid in her situation right now if not from a mechanic standpoint and i mean theodore rolled a 17 so i don't mind giving you this she is not in any further danger so you don't need to take any action now she's like crying and her like face is like red and puffy and she has a really crazy looking scar Mm -hmm. but she's also like laying on the ground in a mud puddle and being like oh so she can like talk and communicate and stuff which is a good sign (laughs) Is she at any further risk of getting zapped again? <laughs> That's a amazing thought, because overhead, there's more thunder and more lightning, and the storm just keeps getting worse, but as, as low to the ground as she can possibly be is where she's at, so probably not, which would mean the ne- most conducive to lightning person is probably the one you need to worry about. Oh, which is gonna be Roland isn't it mm-hmm. question for you mm-hmm. this this is me thinking of a concept that i don't know if zoe would be is smart enough to realize if it will or will not work my idea is to avoid the necessity of, of picking up this this shovel of death <laughs> essentially <laughs> to try to excavate this earth could i fire like magic missiles into it to essentially like blow holes down into the earth oh my god so 
I think logically, if we're, we're both working on the same image of magic missile, it would not be a it'd be like you shooting a machine gun at the ground. Like, sure, you'll tear it up, mm. but it's not an effective digging method. Can I have my ghost manticore dig for me? I would like that very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna alternatively use the 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 phantom claw talon thing to act as sort of a makeshift larger version of my hand to pick up and toss mud aside. You guys can summon your spirit animals at will, and they can do like mundane and physical tasks without any kind of um, penalty or anything. So if you just want to like summon them up, and they and you can describe that if you want. If you want to give more detail to your your guy, and then they can start digging for you. Yeah, if you stand by. I'm going to get my manticore to start digging, just generally digging in roughly the right location. And once that's going on, I turn to um, to Roland and just go, Hey, so, metal, get it off. <laughs> Are you sure you can't phrase that in any way which is easier to take out of context? <laughs> Roland, this lightning is not to be messed with. Take off your clothes, Roland. Take them off. You you know I actually wear clothes under this armor, right? I can just take the the outer metal parts off and not the rest of the clothes. Take them off. <laughs> Less talky, more nakey. I take off the I take off the outer armor that he has on, which is on top of his clothes, mm-hmm. but doesn't take his clothes off. Yeah. I I mean, I know. I just wanted to hear you say it. I, uh, the Veltaria looks slightly disappointed, but is glad that you took off your uh, your metal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she's slightly disappointed that he still has clothes on under the metal. Yeah, she's looking forward to seeing some some you know some abs, <laughs> <laughs> some elfy dad bod. <laughs> she wanted some dope. <laughs> this is this is a phenomenal good show. Once Roland has the armor off, and he's just basically in his clothes underneath. He's going to grab the shovel and just start digging to try to end the process, because, well, the di- shovel's not up in the air, it's mm-hmm. in the ground, so. That seems like a really bad idea, that's still a metal shovel. Roland's just going to say, I've had worse than a little lightning. <laughs> Damn, son. Okay, y- your your funeral be it, Roland. What are Theodora and Zoe doing? I was just watching the Naked Exchange. Uh, Zoe is probably going to summon Fatboy Slim so that it can start uh, digging, mm-hmm. and then I imagine she's probably, even though she has such small, tiny hands, she's going to be just digging into the ground with her hands as well, just so she can help in some way. Okay, so three party members are digging, one is watching. Uh, Theodora, can you make me a perception check? 17. That's pretty good. All right, so the the storm is uh still fast and furious up there, and uh, as the thunder booms and the lightning strikes all around you, uh, you're keeping an eye on it, <laughs> probably, because right now it's kind of dark, right? Because this cloud is over the whole field, and so you can't see very far, but in one of the lightning strikes, it lights up the surrounding area, and you see, shambling towards you, a familiar figure. Guys, we got zombies! <laughs> Zombie, you got one. Zombie, we have a single one zombie. But it's it's one zombie moving directly towards you, and you it's hard to see because of the the dark cloud cover. But with every lightning strike, it is illuminated briefly, and it's like you know ten feet closer, and it's kind of it's kind of uh 
spooky in that way that you lose sight of it and then it's closer and then it, you see it. I'm I'm gonna go up to the zombie guys because I feel like they're just gonna keep coming until we I don't know. <laughs> if somebody wants to follow me to like uh, help me not get murdered, that'd be cool. Sure. Thank you, Zoe. Yeah, these hands aren't good for digging. Small people gotta stick together. Small life. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so, uh, Team Tall stays behind to dig. Uh, Team Short goes to meet the zombie. Yeah. What'd that zombie do? What'd that zombie do? Well, what do you two do? Because it's going to just keep getting closer to Theodora unless stopped. And then if that, if you allow that to happen, then I'll tell you what happens next. Yeah, I'm gonna, like, Get within arm's reach of it, I guess. I'm going to basically not cast, but I'm going to be, like, doing the prep work, I guess you would say, to cast a spell if I see it's, like, about to, like, lunge or something like that, but... And I've got my little needle daggers out in hand, just in case. Uh, So this zombie, which is a kind of elderly man in, once again, just, like, nice clothes, not, like, it's... They're all wet, obviously, because he's trudging through a storm, but there's nothing outwardly, like, messed up about him. Kind of trudges over to Theodora, looking straight into your eyes, just walking with determination and straightforwardness. And when he reaches Theodora, Mm -hmm. he puts both of his hands on your shoulders, and he's taller than you, Mm -hmm. so he's looking down at you um, and just staring into your eyes. And then it opens its mouth and says, okay. Yeah? No, I I, I was... When you said, and says, I stopped, but I was like, and opens his mouth to devour you on, like, an attack on Titan. I was like, ah, see, you got us, Austin. (laughs) You thought it was a friendly zombie. (laughs) And says, why? Why what? And then it vomits the bloody water onto your face (laughs) and in your eyes and mouth as you try to respond to it. Arminius pressed the digitation to get that shit off me. Uh, you try, but a gallons, like a body's worth of this liquid pours out of its mouth and onto your face, and you feel it squirm down your throat. Help. Uh, okay, now I'm, I'm, now I'm going to cast Gust on it. The zombie? Yeah, the zombie. All right, so the zombie, which now looks desiccated as if it died in the desert does not offer any resistance. It doesn't try to plant its feet or do anything else. You blast it away. It flies backwards, hits the ground, and never moves again. Oh, no, it's in me. Theodora, you taste blood. Can I throw it up? Uh, You can try. You feel it squirming, like, in your mouth and throat, and you also, because your mouth and nose are connected, it's, like, pouring out of your nose, basically trying to drown you in blood, you feel. Dora, are you okay? Blood. Gurgle. <laughs> Are you choking? Uh huh. So does it look like she's choking? Uh, Dora, you can describe your actions, and we'll, we'll guys play pantomime. I'm like gurgling, and there's stuff coming out of my nose, so I'd like to think so. Yeah. Question: Austin, has the Heimlich maneuver been invented yet? <laughs> <laughs> you can invent it now. This is lore. This is world building. Uh, a, a sudden idea has come to Zoe. <laughs> I'm going to give you danger hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what staying alive is, but I know if I keep up chest compressions to its beat, you should be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to try to essentially give her like a high, like kind of try to, you know, help her clear the airway. Uh, is that a, oh God, is that a strength check or a medicine? <laughs> uh, medicine. Oh, phew. Okay. 
Uh, 13. So you start uh, squishing her abdomen, <laughs> trying to squeeze <laughs> out this uh, wriggling water thing out of her body, like a tube of toothpaste. And it, some of it is forced out of her mouth and nose, but then it kind of just like wraps back around the top of her head. It's kind of like now she's wearing a space helmet bubble of bloody water, which encom- and just encompasses her whole head. Are Team Tool at all aware of what's going on? Uh, so once again, it's kind of dark uh, over here because of the cloud cover, but every time there's a lightning flash... Uh, there's a chance that you guys could see this uh, grim pantomime. <laughs> like, um, so I guess perception checks to see if any if it catches your eye because you're you're aware of it. So it's not like uh, there's no chance. But ten, I'll say it's like a twelve DC. Twelve DC, huh? Watch me roll an eleven. No, but I rolled a fourteen. That's what I'm doing. So twenty six. Yeah, okay, we didn't really hit this. Veltari is the most perceptive creature to ever live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have a plus 10 on perception. <laughs> she is preposterously perceptive. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, you guys both notice this. Uh, Dora is like waving her arms wildly and <laughs> Zoe's like punching her in the stomach. <laughs> okay, so I'm aware of what's going on. Um, I, I want to leave my manticore continuing to dig and I'm going to run over to Team Small. Okay, so this is this is actually a good teachable moment, because as you try to run away, you find that you can't focus on it digging at the same time once you get, like, a couple arms lengths away, and you have to choose between continuing to dig and staying with it or dragging it along with you. There's there's a limit. I'm going to drag it along with me. I'm not going to continue digging. I'm I'm going to go help with this situation. All right, so as you, as you start running, the, the ghost, like, gets dragged away and then sucked back up into your body. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna try casting Compulsion. Within 30 feet, for one minute, um, I can force creatures to ma- that can hear me to make a wisdom saving throw. I guess my question is, can, can this goo hear me? So you don't know that before you cast it? Yeah, so I'm gonna cast it and hope that the goo can hear me, because it has to be able to hear me when I do this. Alright, so this is going to be, it doesn't have any notable wisdom one way or another, so... 15. That is not enough. Oh no. Veltari just came in here and started kicking asses and taking names. So, did... Can it hear me? (laughs) I guess is the question to see whether this does anything. So what I do is I tell the goo, go in that direction. Get over there, goo. And if affected... The goo should use as much movement as possible to go in the direction I've told it. Alright, so do you want to spice this up? Like, this is your first, like, really cool spell moment, besides maybe the hypnotic pattern, but this feels, like, even more dramatic. Do you you incorporate the guitar in any way? Because this works. Okay, right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the guitar out, and I'm gonna just point out as far away as possible from where we were digging... And I just start strumming along, be- trying to trying to almost pied piper this goo into going that way. I'm just like, goo, get out, get out, goo, get out, get out, goo, get out, get out, goo. <laughs> the power of rock compels you, goo. The power of rock does compel you. Hopefully, you can hear my amazing rock styles as I just angrily strum and demand you get out. Yes, so not only does this work, but lightning strikes behind you, and it's awesome. <laughs> and then the this uh, apparently living bloody water, 
about the volume of a person is compelled to leave Theodora alone. And it uh, basically rips itself off her head, hits the ground, and it goes in the direction you point, but it also starts sinking into the ground. Uh, once it gets like to the ground and is off of Theodora, uh, I want Zoe to start casting Ray of Frost on it mm-hmm. and start trying to essentially damage as much, but also try to solidify it so it can't just, you know, liquefy away. Yeah, so that's a, a attack roll, right? And that's also a cantrip, so it's not wild magic? Yes. Uh, 23 to attack. 23 to attack. Yeah, so it hits the ground, it starts seeping in, but in, here's, here's the thing about this. It's raining, so it's pouring, and the ground is, like, wet and muddy and gross, and you would lose it, like, almost immediately, but you shoot right where it hits, and you just start freezing everything like the ground and the puddles and the rain so you assume you get some of it it's hard to tell though because everything is basically just goo and water here right Mm -hmm. so it's like you're trying to fight a puddle in a puddle but yeah i mean you hit it you you hit the area where it lands so was there a spot that would be the ice or whatever would be kind of discolored from the rest of it since this was uh, bloody goo yeah, that's really good. So you, you use your ray of frost, pew, and you hit the ground and it freezes over. And I think you're going to run over and you see like there's like streaks of blood in some of the frozen water, but not enough mm-hmm. that you think it's the whole thing. You think you got some of it. Okay. The whole time this is going on, I'm still playing the guitar because I have to keep up concentration while dictating where the goo goes. So just you are casting all of these free freezes with just like a in the background. So yeah, she's doing this in headbanging basically, I guess. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm 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 feeling it. I'm enjoying the backdrop. I'm I'm just having a good old strum now. It's a good metal show we're all getting to enjoy. I I quite like the fact there's also the manticore behind me, you know, there's the lightning, the rain, the manticore. It's quite a good look. So we have the cover to your metal uh, album, the first one you have. The cover's already decided then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm hacking a lot, like... <laughs> and I'm gonna hug Veltari's leg. Roland is going to de- depart from digging to move over to to Dora and others. And he is going to um, use one of his spells... He's going to first cast Detect Poison and Disease, which allows him to sort of just dis- sense the presence and location of any poisons, poisonous creatures, or diseases within 30 feet of himself. Mm-hmm. You do not detect any poisons or diseases. Okay, at all. All right. So I think Zoe's going to try to isolate uh, one of the parts that is discolored and she think belongs to the, the creature, or the, the whatever it would be. And she's going to try to, like break off that part and out i don't know how this would necessarily work if i just need to have zoe constantly like occasionally casting ray of frost she she wants to kind of like preserve it right now so maybe we can figure out something with it later but also don't want to like kind of melt in her hands and then just go back to suffocating dora <laughs> yeah, okay so melts in your mouth not in your hands oh phew ah oh, the hershey method i love it <laughs> all right so you take a a bloody chunk of ice and uh you won't need to maintain that we'll say anytime it gets a little melty you can blast it cantrips are free oh yeah all right so you got that it's still like pouring it's st- it's still raining cats and dogs so i'm gonna go back over to Dora then and just ask uh, are you okay no let's dig the thing and go home i need to talk to mr smooches Let's try to wrap up business here as quick as we can. 
So there is a very like a relatively short limit on how long I can keep this goo at bay, considering it's about a minute or so before I have used up my my only level four spell slots. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna suggest Dora. You're gonna want to get ready to go because I can't keep this goo at bay forever. Okay. Like we can we can dig this thing up, but you don't want to be around that goo when it starts trying to climb in your face again. I guess I could take Sylvia home. If you're gonna do that, you might want to make sure you shut yourself away until we can work out what to do with it. Yeah, we'll go we'll go to her house. And in that case, I'm gonna go back to helping Roland with digging via Manticore digs, because I wouldn't dig by myself, obviously. But I'm all right with the Manticore doing so. So uh, you guys are all having this uh, discussion and making these decisions, and then you turn back to the hole uh, that you guys were digging. Is it filled in again? Uh, nope, that might be actually better, because what you see is uh, Claudia Rock, your guys' bounty hunting rival, standing in your guys' hole. She has one hand lifted up, using telekinesis to repel the rain, and the other she has a cigarette, which she's just smoking and like looking down into your guys' hole. Claudia, get out of our hole! <laughs> That's not what you said last week. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, Lamau. <laughs> I couldn't. Sorry, Dora. I couldn't help it. It's okay, but leave leave my hole. Look. <laughs> yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> what are you guys doing out here? Uh, Zoe's going to. I uh, probably, uh, you know, it's good. She's going to misty step over, like, try to rush back to the hole as quickly as she can. Okay. <laughs> Seems a bit unnecessary, but it's very Zoe. Well, I, I, look, all right. I, we don't, the last time we met this person, she tried to essentially take our score. So Zoe's worried she's doing the same thing again. Like, they waited till we kind of did the hard legwork last time. Mm-hmm. And now she's worried they're going to do it again. Yeah, she's definitely trying that. Uh, so you don't need to make any roll for Misty stuff, but I guess wild magic. Here we go. Seven again. Seven. Okay, so that was the gain a level one, which you did. I, we have. I don't know if we talked about it this yes. episode, but you absorbed that magic back in and it refilled all your spell slots and gave you more, and you got a, a ability score improvement. Mm-hmm. So I replaced the seven, which is kind of like the jackpot, with another good one, which I guess you get now. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> which is you gain a proficiency. So you suddenly get really good at something. What is it? All right. You just like jump 20 feet across the field and you're like, damn, trigonometry is cool. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me get back to you on that. There's a couple ideas I'm, I'm going to brew on. So you you pop right into uh, Claudia Rock's personal space bubble. You're not you're out of the rain, actually, because she's using telekinesis to repel it. So she doesn't put out her cigarette and she's like, oh, oh, hi. Hey. Hi there, ho there. Yeah, Zoe's not going to acknowledge her much. She's going to look down into the hole <laughs> and try to make sure that her husband isn't down there burning his way through her matter really quickly to get to the, the weapon first. So you can smell metal. You can't smell ooze. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's what happens. You, so you look down into the hole and you don't see anything because they didn't finish digging it. But you do smell metal stronger. I'll say that much. You think it's down there. Okay. I don't know the history with this new person who's turned up, but I'm just gonna like very casually stroll over and just be like, "Hey, nice to meet you. Do you mind backing off our hole, please?" 
God, I can't get enough of this whole talk, first of all. Oh, it, oh it's fine. Hey, look, there, there are times and places for you to be rooting around in my hole, but now is not the time. <laughs> Do you mind backing off my hole for a second? Dora, I like this one. You finally found a good friend. Yeah, get out of our hole. She says, what are you doing out here? I've been following you all day. What? Wait, what? What is the score? What are you up to? It was a special request. We're recovering a missing item. Why have you been following me? Dora, we've talked about this. It's nothing that would be uh good for you. I would tell you. Hmm. Okay. Veltari, I think maybe if you want to drive your po- point home a little stronger, maybe roll persuasion. Okay, so look, here's, here's my deal. I am not here for anything to do with you. I came here to look for Bumbershoot. This is a bit of a fool's errand. I'm around with this lot because they're going to take me back to Bumbershoots. But you know what? This lot, they're a bunch of bumbling idiots. Whatever they're Aww. here for isn't going to hey. be of any use to you. you. Look, I mean this in the nicest possible way. You might just be better getting on with your day because this lot, they're just going to cause chaos wherever they go. You might be best just leaving them to dig a hole because <laughs> they're dig. Look, they're digging a hole. Just leave them to dig their hole. I'm sure you can think of better things to get on with with your day. Six on Persuasion. <laughs> She says, well, if it's just a hole and it's not any use to me, then I guess you guys won't mind if we just take a peek. Uh, and as she says that, a kind of like geyser of green goo spurts up out of the cracks in your hole and uh, pulling along with it, uh, the salamander sheath, which is a magical uh, sheath for a sword. It's uh, it's red and like has it basically is like a hot rod of sheaths it's like a bad 60s camaro with like flame decals basically (laughs) but uh it's really gaudy and gauche but um it does not melt and i mean obviously that we have already discussed robin doesn't melt uh inorganic materials but even if you did uh magic items in D D are pretty hardy so it's like suspended inside of his goo as he comes up and takes uh effeminate uh runway elf form next to his wife and he is now standing, and they're standing together in this kind of uh, telekinetic anti-rain bubble. And the thing you guys are after is now in his abdomen. Hmm. How do I want to make this much worse than it needs to be? <laughs> yeah. C- considering that my attempt to persuade them didn't work, I'm going to look at the goo blob and attempt to use my manticore's... Um, advantage on intimidation to attempt to intimidate this this newly formed goo creature into giving us the sheath for the sword so um you give me that sheath before i beat your head in <laughs> okay oh okay first roll is an 11 advantage second roll is 21 yeah 21 definitely works so i uh, the way I picture this is basically a giant ghostly manticore appears next to you and does like a terrifying roar. <laughs> uh, she has absolutely no context for your newfound abilities. And she definitely not only takes like a big scared step back, but trips in your hole and goes sprawling. <laughs> <laughs> not only does that take out the anti-rain telekinetic barrier, which immediately begins to kind of Dissolve isn't the right word. It it starts messing up Robin's scene and starts splattering him all over the place. 
the sheath kind of like sinks to the bottom of him as he is like beaten down by the rain. Oh, you are kind of right in that zone. So actually, dexterity save Zoe. So in case you get splashed by Robin, because he is just he is corrosive. So I got an eleven, and Claudia rolled a fourteen. So you guys are both splashed. Uh, it was a fifteen, and you guys are were both going to take I think two uh, d six acid damage. Do I roll that or you? Uh, I, that's for Claudia. You can take seven if you want to. Seven damage. You guys both get burned on like your leg as uh, Robin is splashes you as he that he basically gets uh, reduced to kind of a puddle. Son of a biscuit! Claudia, are you okay? Ow! Your hole is the worst. I've seen some bad holes in my time, but this is the worst hole. I want to cast Gust uh, at Robin and essentially try to blast the sheath through him. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, I have to make a strength saving throw? Uh, yes. And this is a cantrip, right? So no wild magic? Yep. Okay, so he has no strength, first of all. He is boneless. He is a chicken McNugget. 12, that fails, right? Yes, it does. Okay, so when you gust Robin, you reduce, I mean, you just... <laughs> Splatter him. You missed him. You make him become mist, and he is scattered. Um, this wouldn't kill an ooze, a goo, the creature in D&D terms, so it does not kill Robin. But you have majorly inconvenienced him, um, and you you do. You scatter him into the storm, basically. I'm snatching up the, the sheath, then. And Claudia actually screams and like goes running after... The parts of her husband, which you have dispersed into a, a howling gale. Oh my god, you guys! Um, but Zoe has the sheath. Um, <laughs> yeah, Theodora, you were gonna walk uh, Sylvia home, but now you've witnessed this. I don't. Oh gosh, I don't think mending could like bring him back. <laughs> no, m- mending is for like small tears and stuff. Yeah. Look, don't don't lose any sleep over the fact this guy's just been misted. They came here explicitly to steal whatever you were after. They got what's coming to them. They're my friends! Yeah, well, they came here trying to steal what you came for, so they got what's coming to them. Let's take that sheath and go. I, I, guys, I can't just abandon them. You just blew him into the storm, and I understand why, but these are my dudes. I've been here a lot longer than you guys. You You don't get it. They're your, if they're your dudes, why did they try to steal from you? We have a friendly rivalry! Yes, and we friendly blasted them into mist, okay? Oh, gosh. I had blood in my mouth, and it was choking me, and now everything's a mess. Oh, this is like the worst day ever. Yeah, well, we need a name for the, the, the water blood that's been attacking you, because it would be confusing to keep calling it goo and ooze when, with Robin going around. Yeah. So let's just call it the Stalker. Okay. Because uh, it keeps coming after Theodora. Uh, Claudia has left the scene. She goes running off into the storm to try to tele- telekinetically gather her husband. Oh, fuck. Zoe will walk up to uh, Dora and say, I- I- I'm I, sorry, I didn't mean to inconvenience them, but I didn't want to fail the mission either. I'm going to pat Papper on the head and be like, it's okay, Zoe, I know. I'm not mad at you. Thanks. Are you going to stay behind to get Robin back together? I don't think I can help, but I think maybe it might be safer for me to to visit them and apologize later and to take Sylvia home before I get stalked and she gets lightninged again. If Yeah, if we're all agreed that we're not staying here, let's get away before they try and take that sheath again, because 
I'm done with today, and we have the thing, so let's go. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Zoe will hand the sheath to Roland and say, here, Roland, this will probably be safest with you. Thank you, and while I appreciate you trying to step in and help, uh, you might want to make a note about just doing that to, uh, to ooze this with a future reference. Yeah, it's also worth noting because I'm I'm absolutely sure it would get mentioned if I didn't say this now. But uh, the reason the sheath didn't melt in Zoe's hand is once again because it's magic and it magic weapons uh, take specific means to be destroyed in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Roland is going to take the sheath, gonna stow it away accordingly uh, on its person, while also kind of taking his armor and. He probably wouldn't want to risk Trinity's well-being, despite it being a summoned horse, so he's going to get enough rope so he can just basically tie up the armor and just drag it behind him in the, on the ground. Oh, nice. As he walks alongside Trinity with the others so they can go back to, uh, go back to Tarsus to make the delivery. So, you guys are going to take the sheath back to Tarsus, and Theodore, you're going to drop Sylvia off at her house? Yeah. Okay, so uh, why don't this is like the end of this mission, basically. So why don't you uh, all tell me how you kind of wind down and like spend like this is your uh, ending montage, basically. Um, we'll start with Theodora because that seems like the most clear kind of scene. But like, how do you picture this? How does your workday end? I'm gonna take Sylvia home, and I'm gonna be like, Sylvia, are you okay? Uh, I mean, this is a really cool scar, but it did hurt like the Dickens. So, win some, lose some? That's fair. Is there anything I could do to help? Uh, do you have any chocolate? I have crabs. Are you under the imp- <laughs> Are you under the impression that those are similar? They're both food. Okay, I guess you got me there. Do you want to pet my Do you want to pet Perry Mason? I I very much do. Yes. Okay, I want to summon Perry Mason so she can pet him. Oh, I'm trying to think of a name for the cockatrice now. Do you want to pet Richard? Yeah, I really want to pet Richard. If you would like a sweet stand name, I'm thinking Stone Temple Pilot. (laughs) Fuck, that's so good! (laughs) Mine was a dick joke, but yours was smart. Yeah, I got that dick joke way after you made it. I was like, why is that so funny? Is it just because it's a people name? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody send me to bed. (laughs) So, uh, I guess you, are you just gonna spend the night at Sylvia's? Yeah, I am now. Sleepover? Sleepover. I'm gonna use Sending, uh, cause we're gonna take a nap so I can get my spells back. I'm gonna use Sending to send, a Sending <laughs> to, uh, to home. Be like, hey, I'm sleeping over at Sylvia's. I'll be back tomorrow. Who do you send it to? I'm gonna send it to Roland. All right, so that's what happens with Theodora. Uh, so the rest of the team, you guys arrive at Tarsus all soaking wet. Carrie's there attending bar. You see uh, Noe. She's sitting at one of the tables, like, reading a book or something. And I assume you, uh, at least Roland's going to go upstairs to return the sheath. But if you guys want to add anything to this scene, feel free. Uh, I think, like, as we're going through, Zoe will probably uh, take Beltari around and kind of, like, point out people to her just to, like, fill her in on who they are. Like... That's Noe. That's my clone. Uh, I think she's she like came from my jealousy or something like that, but she's me, but without any of my downsides. 
And that's Carrie. She's a sweet bartender who doesn't card anybody. <laughs> okay, this this is okay. This place is more interesting than I gave it credit for. I'll give you that. Uh, and is there anything to do in town, or am I just stuck here entertaining myself for eternity? Uh, as I've kind of found it, things sometimes kind of just happen to you, more or less, while you're here. It's a uh, a weird town, and it's getting weirder every day. Okay, okay, I, I, as long as there's a bar, I guess I can, I guess I can live with waiting for things to happen to me, I suppose. Oh yeah, and Carrie's super awesome. I'm just gonna go over to the bar and just ask Carrie, like, Hi, what's the strongest drink you have? (laughs) Hey girl, you looking for work here? She's like pulling out a bottle, like, right away. She doesn't even, like, wait (laughs) for you to order, really. Well, work, maybe. I play music. If that's of interest, I can play music. That's a thing I can do. Is is that is that of interest? I will I will play music for booze. I'm just gonna lay that out there. I'll play music for booze. Does does it kill or seduce? I can't think of uh, what the boss would use regular music for. But when I play music, it can definitely be used to seduce. <laughs> if you know what I mean, hun. I sort of just stick my tongue out and wink at her. <laughs> she she like laughs and. Uh... She finishes pouring you the drink, and you see the bottle says Pit Fiend on it. Oh, that... Mm, mm, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> uh-huh. And she says, uh, yeah, I mean, we ain't able to use you. You, uh, you got the look. Uh, you haven't seen anything yet, and at this point, <laughs> I summon up my ghost manticore and summon <laughs> spikes upon myself. <laughs> okay, so you guys are just immediately flexing. This is not going to be a secret. That's one no, fact. No, I'm not going to make it a secret. I'm just going to flex my manticore spike visuals. Just less to be like, hey, look, I have magic powers, and more to be like, yeah, yeah, see, see, I, I, I can be, I, I got the look. That's very good. Uh, Zoe, uh, do you do anything with Noe here while you're here? Zoe would like to walk up to Noe. Let's right now get rid of this confusing nomenclature because you walk over to the character we've been calling Noe, and uh, she actually tells you that she has picked a new name. Oh? Yeah, and as per your instructions before, if Zoe had the chance to do it over again and to take on a new identity and a new personality and so forth, she'd want something fancier. So you uh, are now acquainted with your jealousy shard clone doppelganger, Claire Elise, with a hyphen. So it's Stella Rosa Magnificent, with a hyphen, Claire Elise, with a hyphen, and Zoe. Yes. Are the three Legrand sisters now. That's a a pretty sweet name, not gonna lie. Yeah, I picked it myself. Uh, the reading a good book. Uh, she she looks down at it and she's like, not sure if she should be like embarrassed or what, but it's it looks like it's um, it's like a beginner's guide to dark magic, but not like a legitimate one, not like one that like an evil wizard would get to do necromancy. It's like something a goth would buy in middle school. Is she decked up with the hey I cast dark magic now starter kit? <laughs> yeah. She, she has black nail polish and a choker. <laughs> but it's an affectation, right? She's not like your evil clone, right? She is your uh, jealous, disgruntled teenager who doesn't, doesn't want to have to listen to you, basically, is the vibe she's giving off. 
And she says, uh, have you thought about uh, my offer? I've been uh, considering it. It's uh, It's been a little bit of a crazy day, though. And her tail's going to kind of like unconsciously swing back and forth a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> While you're out there getting a tail, uh, I learned all kinds of new spells. Um, you're going to have to really up your game if you want to keep up. Oh, yeah? Well, while I was out there getting a tail, I also got stronger, and I got this sweet-ass rust monster friend. I'm going to summon Fatboy Slim. Okay. Um, now, this has gone from, like, a friendly one-upsmanship to uh, to an intense jealousy tantrum. And she says, oh, yeah? Well, and she summons uh, one giant fireball in one hand and just, like, a, a shit ton of of like lightning in the other and like she's very dangerously close to catching this building on fire <laughs> oh i really want to escalate this more oh yeah well 10 minutes ago i just learned i'm great at playing the drums i decided my proficiency now is in drums <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna come over with my drink now and be you're great at playing the drums you say apparently <laughs> uh like roland is upstairs talking to pace like I sure hope they're not causing trouble downstairs. <laughs> Penny's like, ah, eh, who cares? You got it back. Uh, here's uh, some spell components. And she's like basically trying to cash you out. She's like, I got a pack of blood here for what's his face. Uh, that might, that bin might not be necessary for now, but thank you. Don't care. <laughs> she just pushes the pile of stuff towards you and just snatches the sheath out of your hand. So why did you hire me in the first place for this? Was just because of my discussion with you the other day? I mean, you asked. It, now we know you can get stuff done. The boss needs stuff done. Right. And I'm not saying this is enough, but would this be considered a path for me getting, you know, getting my arms and armor back? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. Hold on to your shirt. You just got a foot in the door. Now you're trying to stick the whole leg in. Patience, patience. Fine, fine. I'm pretty sure we'll see each other soon enough. Probably Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it marked down on the calendar every Tuesday. Also, you might want to make sure to um, do a better job warding this room. Uh, a-, a blink dog was the cause of your little annoyance here. So, Huh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that your boss can handle doing something like that, right? Yeah, of course. It's a pretty standard uh, suite of bank security spells we could get going here it just didn't seem necessary who would be stupid enough to steal from us the dog doesn't really know best even a magical teleporting one still just a dog at heart i suppose do you take care of it the dog or getting the item back we just we just retrieved the item in question Ah, that's fine we'll get it you might not want to do that Uh, the dog's associated with the giants and we wouldn't want to cause a uh an uproar between the lilies and the giants in town. Might be best just to set up your own defenses and be on the lookout a little bit better. Eh, fine. It's above my pay grade anyway. Right, that's what I figured. Downstairs, Zoe, do you want to make a performance check to do a sweet drum solo in this quickly escalating game of one-upsmanship? <laughs> Is there a set of drums even nearby? Uh, I, I have <laughs> on my character sheet that I have a drum in my tools. Yes! <laughs> 
<laughs> is it like a tiny bongo? I I suppose it's 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 a bongo with maybe a couple of other smaller bongos around it that you can do a sweet solo <laughs> on. Just 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 do a sweet Phil Collins drum fill. That's all we need here. Okay. Oh, uh, all right. So it would be my performance check, then plus an additional proficiency since I have proficiency in drums now. You could tell Chris is a min maxer because he took drums. <laughs> 26! I'm fucking in the air tonight, that shit! But up, but up, but up, but up. This is too good. Hold on, let me think what. Because you've just raised the stakes again. So now Claire is going to respond. I, I, I guess picture like this cut back and forth between Roland upstairs doing just this bit of business and then downstairs just the stakes rising, rising, and then. At this moment, Roland is walking downstairs as, well, probably this happens. While you're deciding what uh, what to do, can I join in Zoe's uh, performance? Can I roll a performance check to join in? I, I insist. 20 on performance. Holy, okay, so you guys just describe your concert you put on <laughs> inside of Tarsus. So you, what are you doing? You're doing Zoe's doing a Phil Collins esque drum solo. Am I am I right that that's where we're starting? I, I think it starts off Phil Collins esque, then of course naturally transitions to more like a Getty Lee kind of sure, thing. Sure. Okay, so I've I've still got all the big sort of spikes and the manticore out as pageantry, and I just kind of come and stand right behind you. You're still front and center of this of this performance, and. I'm basically going to use as many abilities as I have to try and make your performance as good as possible. So I'm going to I'm going to use a thaumaturgy cantrip to to make all the doors that are unlocked start flying open and shut. <laughs> cause some minor harmless ground tremors and cause all of the flames in the room to start to brighten and dim and change colours through a spectrum of colours while you're performing. Well, I just sort of get out the guitar and start strumming along with you, I suppose. (laughs) Alright, so you guys basically put on a guar concert (laughs) in the middle of a bar. Claire stops summoning her fireball and stops doing lightning and stuff because you guys are just wrecking her display of power. (laughs) And she, her facial expression goes from surprised and jealous and angry. And it's just like, it gets darker and darker as she watches this. And it's like apparent if you're paying close attention to her, that this is not fun or funny to her anymore. And after she watches like, you know, a a good set, (laughs) like a a good distance into your set, uh, she does a spell that you guys have seen once before on camera. And she just snaps her fingers very loudly and suddenly all of you are falling sideways ah oh my tables chairs bottles glasses all of your candles everything in this room that was just going wild like a like the china and beauty and the beast because of your guys's party uh just goes smashing into the wall roland you're coming down the stairs mm-hmm. and so you're hit with this too and you just start falling sideways and you all slam into the wall and this like this happens to carry too, like everything. And there's just f- shattered glass goes everywhere, and like there's gonna be some damage. I I'm gonna look to Zoe and and just sort of smirk and say, uh, "Looks like someone can't handle that you are fucking good at the drums." Roland's just gonna try to hold on as he's 
demonstrating an example of loot ascending a stair sideways. <laughs> okay, so strength saving throw everybody to to anchor themselves if you want. When uh, Valtari kind of looks to Zoe, she's going to notice that uh, Zoe doesn't actually look very happy. Like she was like living it up during the performance, but now she has definitely a look of some measure of concern on it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's not going to try to like steal herself for the impact, but she is going to cast shield on herself, like putting like a protective bubble around her to try to like cushion the blow. But that is one of my spell slots, so I do I would need to make a wild magic roll. Of course. All right. <laughs> well, look, my strength is a negative three, so I wasn't going to protect myself from this otherwise. Okay. Two. Two. All right. <laughs> All right. So first of all, ever, ever, did everyone make strength saving throws? 16 for me. 20 for me. Roland, you just grab the banister and you just grit your teeth and you like don't even lift up. <laughs> You're very cool. Um, Veltara, you grab onto like a support beam and actually Carrie goes flying by you if you want to grab onto her. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and grab onto her. All right, with a 16, you you grab her and now you're like holding her suspended above the wall because of that's the way that things are oriented. And as uh, all the plates and glasses and bottles go slamming against it and creating like a punji trap of shattered glass, Zoe, you're the only one who goes flying into it, but you shield yourself. How does this, how does this spell look to you? It only lasts for essentially a moment and then it's gone. Alright, so you and your protective bubble slam into all this broken glass, and you don't take any damage. Um, But as the shield dissipates, because it only lasts for a moment, not only does it blink out of existence, but to everyone else in the room, so do you. (laughs) Claire goes stomping out of the room behind a door and slams it. And with the slamming of the door, everything slides off the wall and onto the ground and gravity is restored so carrie and veltari like collapse onto the ground in each other's arms and zoe you too fall down and you like probably land on some broken glass on your butt and you say oh ow uh and everyone hears it but they don't see you where are you at little drummer chick right here on the glass hmm you look where the voice is coming from, and you see, like, a drop of blood where she, like, landed on some glass, but you don't see her. So, I hate to tell you this. You're invisible. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's look on the positives. If you still want to play the drums, it's going to be a really nice, neat little trick now when the drums play themselves, I guess. True. And no one has to see my monkey tail. Hey, hey, tails are great. Don't be dissing tails. Um, so the last thing that happens in this episode, as you guys sit amidst this kind of ruined bar, uh, one of you invisible, one of you, I think maybe finishing your drink. <laughs> <laughs> Did my drink survive the, the room reorienting itself? You grabbed the beam with one hand and then you grabbed um, Carrie with the other. So I guess you let it go, but I think you like go and get it out of <laughs> out of the smashed rubble you just find it you're like this stuff's too good to waste (laughs) you all are standing there and you hear a voice and it seems to come it just like booms inside of this building you can't even tell where it's coming from and you just hear what roland and zoe know is the voice of lady nim who says what the fuck was that that was the best rock show 
your venue has ever seen. <laughs> uh, Theodora, you just take a little sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're having a cuddly sleepover. Aw, oh, did you get gym jams? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, roll for gym jams. <laughs> what I roll for that? <laughs> Whatever you want. I'm just going to roll a d20. Oh, I got a crit! Oh, you <laughs> crit? You're the best gym jams. <laughs> you crit on your pajama roll. Yeah. Of course she crits on her pajama roll. Like, like, what else would she crit on? I'm a fashionista. As always, I'd like to thank Overclock Remix for our music, which includes arrangements of Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Mystic Chemicals, an arrangement of Mystic Cave and Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog, Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts, and Poka Center, an arrangement of Pokemon Center from Pokemon. Executive producers for the month of May 2017 are Kirsten Haslinger, Excellerus, Joseph Timbrello, Jade, The Cult of Gorfanax, Irving Royale, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Finch DeYoung, Arjun DeConing, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Tarka, Melissa Nielsen, Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Riptor Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bangston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, James Bevan, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marsing, Just a Jester, John Potts, Kevin Dobbins, Savard and Akrasimova, Carl, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Eugene T, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stuhlfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlow, Jorit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. If you want to join this list, you can support the show at patreon.com slash austinyorski, and you can also support Leon at patreon.com slash renegadecut, and you can find Chris at patreon.com slash recap. And you can find our new player... Laura Kate Dale at patreon.com slash Laura K Buzz. There are other ways to support the show too, as you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and probably other places, and like, comment, and subscribe there. Your support helps to make the show grow, and your enthusiasm helps to encourage us to make bad decisions.